You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Sean Hagerty. And we are broadcasting today from St. Lambert's Parish. And that music means, Father, that it is time to honor our fathers. We salute you. <laughs> Today's Honor Our Father segment on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's brought to you in part by West Dakota Oil, located at 604 East Broadway Street in Dickinson. All right. They can be reached by calling 701-225-4292. I love oil, and I love cars. Oh, you do, don't you? Yes. I love we used to, to have a cars. car show. That's right. We used to have a car show for seminary and education, and love to change oil in cars and rebuild motors and all that oh, stuff. It's a lot, a lot of fun. I, I always have parishioners who have problems with their cars, and I'll fix them up for them or whatever it may be. I remember that. <laughs> You're going to be like, yeah. I don't want the RPR car here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, 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 uh, I take them as I'm able to. <laughs> well, today, our honoring father that we're going to honor today is, do you want to read it or do you want me to? Or do you have I, I want you to do the honors. Okay. The winner today is Father Jason Singleness from Queen of the Most Holy Rosary in Stanley, North Dakota. All right. Congratulations, Ooh. Father Jason. So... Rianne nominated him saying Father Jason is a young pastor at Queen of the Most Holy Rosary in Stanley, North Dakota, and very knowledgeable in Catholicism. His youthfulness makes him easy to approach by everyone, and especially our parish youth. He's a good listener and willing to help everyone know more about our Catholic faith. His soul longs for everyone to know Jesus the way he does and to receive the sacraments the way Jesus intended. He is passionate about his faith and truly shows when we visit him and are blessed to be in his presence. Wow. That's well, quite the nomination. Yeah. Boy, I wish someone would write something like that about me. <laughs> Again, congratulations to Father Jason. Today's Honor Our Father segment has been brought to you by West Dakota Oil, located at 604 East Broadway Street in Dickinson. They can be reached by calling 701-225-4292. So, if you wanted to honor a father, you can always give us a call at 877-795-0122 or just email us and we will um, get them in the bucket. I don't know what kind of bucket Lori uses, but we do a random Maybe drawing. Maybe it's, is it glass or plastic? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be all on her computer. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is wonderful. You know, as, as priests, we kind of feel like no one really notices or really cares. Really? And uh, and this is a wonderful way to honor them. Well, honor Father Jason. You know what, Father Jason? I just want to say, I, an old Monsignor, he died just this past year, and he said to me in confession once, he goes, you can do all kinds of things, and no one will notice. Or you can do almost nothing, and no one will notice. But God will notice. Mm. And so keep it up. Uh, the Lord knows what you're doing, and just stay faithful to him. That's the most important part in, as, as a priest. So. Congratulations, God bless you, and, and my guess is you're doing that because people are noticing and, and, uh, and the Lord notices, first and foremost. Well, and how important do you think it is to be recognized when you are a young priest, when you're just starting out? You used to be vocations director. Yeah, you know, when you first start out with, with anything, it's important because you're, you're learning everything. Uh, you know, you don't, you're kind of a little bit nervous, too, like what's, you know, what's the right thing to do or what not, not to do. And, and then, too, when you get out of the seminary, you're all just... Uh, 
guns a blazing, baby. Right? We're ready to go. <laughs> I don't you, think you look I don't out. think you've ever slowed down since you left <laughs> seminary, Father. Yeah, it's like we're I'm, I'm, we're ready to take on the world here. Okay. <laughs> And uh, so that's that's a beautiful thing. And but then you know, you kind of realize too. It's like uh, climbing a mountain. I'm mindful. I take taking boys to go out to the Rockies to climb the mountain. And all the young guys are they're just running. We're going to climb this fourteen thousand foot mountain <laughs> like right now. We don't need oxygen. And I'm like, you guys better take you know slow down your pace a little bit. If you're going to make it to the peak, you know. And oh, we're we're going to go. We're going to go. And, and after about an hour or two into the hike, all of a sudden they're slowing down, and I'm I'm catching up. I'm getting a little bit closer to them, and then another uh, you know, hour With passes. Them. I'm right next to them. Oh, and then the last hour I'm way ahead of them. Wisdom prevails. I yeah, love it yeah. every time. Yeah, pacing yourself. It's important to do that too. Yeah. Well, and it's a good reminder too. I I have had so much joy bringing. We've had random priests in our diocese that have been nominated, like. And to bring them donuts has been so much fun. And it always surprises oh, me. I didn't know there was donuts involved. But you continue yes, on. Yes, there are donuts on. involved. <laughs> and you wouldn't think a priest would get excited about donuts. And they do. So, like, the funniest one that I was, was not expecting them to be excited about donuts was Father Morgan at Cathedral. Yeah, he's he's a pretty healthy guy. I know, and I think he was just shocked because we had so many people around to present this box of donuts and this little flyer we make that says you've been nominated and won. Wow. And he was just so you know humbled by it, and he loved it. That is amazing. Isn't it? Yeah, because I, I know Father Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So you can see why I was so shocked. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> no, no, he was my very first pastor. So speaking of learning as a new young man, he was, he was wonderful to work with. I really... Really enjoyed working with him, and I, I, you know, I, I can hardly think of a better pastor that I was with than, than Father Morgan. Mm-hmm. I loved my first two years at Holy Spirit here in Sioux Falls with him. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. There's donuts involved. There are donuts involved. I doubt he ate any of them, but he was surprised. Oh, I, I bet you he had a half of one. That's what he did. Half of one. He cut it in half and ate half. I, I, I know him pretty well. So Somebody probably... eat the other half. So. I wanted to hear a little bit more. I was interested. You had talked before the show started, and you were talking um, before break about a little bit of the history of the Catholic schools in um, the United States. And I guess I never really thought about, you know, we talk about how uh, a lot of people migrated or came to the United States for freedom, religious freedom. But I, do you know the dynamics of... Well, what it was like for Catholics coming over. Well, I mean, uh, Maryland itself, the state Maryland, is called Maryland because it had a whole bunch of Catholics. And they kind of said, oh, go over to Maryland because they all love Mary. They don't love Jesus. They just love Mary. Go to Maryland. Go to Maryland. That's where all the Catholics are. And uh, so, um, and that, that's really, and that's how we got the state name, too, is because they were devoted to Our Lady. They, mm-hmm. they did love Our Lady. And they were so, so gracious to be able to do that. But, but Maryland was a was Catholic state. That's where the very first uh, bishop uh, of the United States was, Bishop uh, John Carroll. And, and, uh, and he was right out of Maryland there. And hmm. that's where all the Catholics really were. But there was, unfortunately, um, uh, bigotry towards, uh, towards the Catholics. Uh, there wasn't re- weren't very welcomed, welcoming to them, and particularly the Irish when they came over, started coming over in the 1840s after the Irish potato famine and things like that, that... Uh, they didn't necessarily like all these immigrants uh, coming t- to to the United States. All these Catholics coming, uh, and they wanted them to assimilate to the culture, to the Protestant culture of the time. 
and uh, said, well, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep our faith. It's our faith that actually made us strong enough to come over here, mm-hmm. uh, gave us the tenacity to, to go and search for a better life, and our Lord's with us, and how in the heck could I abandon my Lord now Yeah. Uh, you know, a- after doing that? And so, um, and so they, it created really a, a tension amongst, amongst the Catholics and, and then the, those who the Protestants of, of the time, which ran the public schools at the time. And so that was really the, uh, the impetus that really got it going um, with, with it within the church. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so. Well, it's kind of interesting because I think you can probably see, um, we hear a lot about, um, you know, how there were a lot of different missionaries of Catholic missionaries, you know, that came up into California and helped settle California. And uh, that's why we get a lot of saint names out on that end of, the country, you yes. know, and then you come up and you have like St. Paul and you have St. Joseph and you ha- you start seeing saint names where these missionaries may have settled. Yeah, you know, and so we've got a great heritage mm-hmm. of, of really, you know, like San Diego and San Francisco and, you know, the list goes on with all the different, Los Angeles means the angels mm-hmm. and it was really the the, uh, the Catholic missionaries that came over uh, to the West Coast there and, and really worked a lot of the indigenous people and and uh, you know, really founded a lot of these different places of of of, uh, of faith, and uh, so we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but there's also some fear. You know, people kind of think Catholics are just kind of superstitious, and and uh, you know, I'd actually like to give you a little quote from uh, our our president in 1875. It was Ulysses Grant. He uh, is quoted to say that he was he feared that the future with patriotism quote. Uh, patriotism and intelligence on one side and superstition and ambition and greed on the other. Hmm. So he saw the public schools of the time would be patriotism and intelligence, but the Catholic schools would be more in superstition, ambition, and greed on the other. Wow. Uh, and that's why he said, uh, you know, we won't support, a, you know, financially these Catholic schools. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a little a little window into the uh, uh, just kind of the uh, the bigotry towards Catholicism at the time. Wow, that's really interesting, and it puts perspective on why the the priests thought it was so important to have uh, Catholic schools attached to every church. Because if they might have been getting that kind of attitude in the public schools, yes, yeah, mm. yep, yep. So that's uh, that's really you know how how it happened, and you know we're really really thankful and blessed uh, to have benefited from that of the different Catholic schools uh, throughout the different areas, and and uh, you know we really kind of stand on on the heritage. Uh, of those who made all those sacrifices, mm-hmm. and uh, as what really made the church so great with the, with the United States and so much fruit, and and uh, and e- even into today, this life, uh, we need to make sacrifices. Yeah. We need to be willing to to stand up for our faith, even when um, those around us misunderstand us or call us bigots because of our Catholic faith, even to today. Yeah, yeah we can be quite radical to some people. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, on, on our, mm-hmm. particularly on our teachings on, on the moral issues mm-hmm. uh, with, with, within the world today. And, uh, and, you know, and, and they call us bigots or whatever, but they just don't understand. And so to be patient and to be loving and to stand up for the faith. And that's yeah. really what uh, we, we were founded on as a Catholic school. And that's really what we're continuing to call, to call to do. And, you know, as society goes one way, uh, we're going to be asked to continue to, to, to it'll be more clear that we're going upstream as opposed to just with, yeah. with the stream. And, uh, and with that too comes more, uh, we're going upstream, we stand out more mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, we can kind of, the fish, how would you say the grizzly bears, 
they, they, they can see him going upstream as they hop right. out the water going the other way. Right. And the bears can go, I'll get that one, you know. I love that. I love that imagery. Well, folks, we're broadcasting today from St. Lambert's Parish. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Sean Hagerty. And we're going to take a quick break when we come back more. I want to pick Father Hagerty's brain a little bit about vocations. Oh, yeah. And Catholic school. He might know a thing or two about that. So we'll be right back with more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Uh, Seven years ago, my wife and I and four of our kids, um, one, well, five of our kids, one was still inside uh, Mama at the time. We felt something was missing in our in our faith life, in our in our church where we were, and we went through a period of kind of being in the wilderness. Over that period of searching, God led us to uh, to St. Mary's, and we began a journey of conversion. Uh, went through RCIA here at the Cathedral Parish, and uh, there was no turning back once once we went down that road. And and I, I tell lots of people that. What If you are a devout Christian and you begin this process with an open mind to learn what the Catholic Church has to say about herself, uh, it will be hard to resist her. And, uh, and we found that to be the case, and we have been thrilled and exuberant Catholics ever since. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father Sean Higarty. We're broadcasting today from St. Lambert Parish here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the home of the animal... Lambert. Lambert. I always want to call him Bert. Lambert the Lion. Does he have a nickname? Uh, Lambo, Lambie. Lambie. L- Lambie, Jammy. <laughs> He's a little bit of everything. He's just a so, wonderful dog. Question on everyone's minds. When you leave St. Lambert's, is he coming with you? Oh, most definitely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I'm not I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So he's him and I will be here for a long time. Good. Good. Well, today we're talking all about Catholic Schools Week and uh, Father Hagen and I were just chatting about a little bit of the history of how Catholic schools got started in the U.S. Um, and a fun fact, Father Hagerty used to be the vocations director here in our diocese. That's right. 
And so I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about uh, vocations in Catholic schools and how they intertwine. Oh, they intertwine beautifully. You know, to be able to have Mass every day when I was a chaplain at the high school at Agorman here in Sioux Falls. Uh, we would have Mass daily in the chapel and, and was able to talk with a lot of the different young people, whether it's guys or girls, and, and just talking to them about, about the faith. They had a place where they could go during their lunch hour and, and be around other people who were really like-minded. There's a lot of people who are in Catholic schools that are, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I don't wear it on my sleeve as much. Or mm-hmm. as, I mean, I'm not quite ready to give my whole entire life and do whatever God wants me to do with my life. And yeah. we're, all, we're all a work in progress. Right. But then there's the ones that are like, you know what, I really, I really want to do what God wants me to do in my life, and I, I think he might be calling me to be a priest or a sister. And, and uh, it's a great place for people to begin to explore that. Or um, if they aren't called to that, they'd go off to, you know, we help them launch them off into a good Catholic school. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Benedictine or if they go to UNL and they get the Newman Center down there. Or obviously in-house here at SDSU and USD and Northern, you know, they all have Newman Centers that are up there. Or in Madison at DSU have, has a Newman Club as well. And, yeah. and uh, you know, all those. And they have Mount Marty as well, obviously. They've got that mm-hmm. beautiful, uh, uh, you know, they're doing a, a, a newer program for really helping uh, to uh, engage all the students in the faith and the fundamentals of the faith so that they have that uh, to form them as a whole person, not just yeah. the education, but but also the faith and, and sharing that with them. And uh, so we have we, a lot, a lot of blessings with all that. So we're helping guide them into those different venues um, with that. But, uh, yeah, I had many guys uh, who uh, went from the school where I was at and went off to the seminary. So it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. We usually do seminary visits in the fall and in the spring, and I'd get anywhere from, you know, five to, you know, 20, 20 guys go off to go visit the seminary and, and – uh, it was always a wonderful, wonderful time, and and uh, you know even with the when they go off the seminary, a lot of them have gone off, and some of them have become priests. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, usually about a third of the guys who go to seminary um, will become priests. The other two thirds won't won't go on to become priests, and that's basically what, what I've seen for statistics in our own diocese. Um, but uh, the guys who went off to seminary didn't and didn't go on. You know, they still have this great uh, camaraderie, this great. Um, friendship that's there that really helps to encourage them in their faith and they go on to like be missionaries or they're going on like one's gonna be a was gonna be a diplomat for the vatican and you know there's oh wow you know, all kinds of things and and uh you know one of them just most recently unfortunately died bailey lorette you know he had a an an uh, uh an aneurysm and, and had, had just died uh not that long ago mm-hmm. and we prayed for him for him and for his family but it was just beautiful to see all, all, all these young people coming together, and I, and I kind of thought to myself, I was, you know, I was their vocations director for all these guys, right? And they're all there at the funeral, surrounded together. And, well, and he was in town for one of their weddings. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. so it's just beautiful to see that connection, and and uh, you know, so there, I, really a lot, a lot of fruit there from the Catholic schools. Um, it really it helps with vocations, and it's it's an integral part, I think, of. Um, Helping make that step for the for the guys to go from Catholic schools to then look at seminary itself. It's uh, uh, something that you really can't replace it with anything else. Um, it's just a tremendous connection. So one thing that I have that I would like to spend a few minutes talking about today, because we are focusing on Catholic Schools Week, and we have been a lot this week since it is National Catholic Schools Week. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to have a homeschooler on. So All right. I'm excited to talk about that, but. I love our homeschoolers. We do. And let's talk a little bit about uh, those of us parents. My daughter used to go to O'Gorman and then switch to Lincoln. And she's already done with high school, even though 
she's technically not supposed to be till May. <laughs> but thank God for online uh, classes. Well, I thought she was just that, just that smart. She just kind of like it almost oh, done already. She's brilliant, of course. But you know, <laughs> she she had all online courses and was able to finish early. But so for oh. those of us parents whose children, for whatever reason. Do, they don't go to Catholic school or they don't have the opportunity to go to Catholic school, what are your recommendations for us making sure that they stay within the faith? And Well, you know, the, the catechism is very clear that the parents are the primary educators of their children. Mm-hmm. And we as Catholic schools are just there to help them as the, with that. Uh, public schools obviously help to help out parents too. But when it gets down to it, the greatest teacher and the best teacher of your of your child in the ways of the faith is the parents, and if the parents themselves are living out that faith uh, in, in a very strong way, heck, they could probably you know go to public schools and mm-hmm. and uh, have no problem at all. Um, but a lot of parents see just the value of having that support, being around a whole other community yeah. of Catholics. And uh, <clears throat> but if you're in a place where you know you're Catholic and it's kind of hostile for you to be there, and people are making funny every day for your faith. That's probably kind of maybe not the best place to, to be, you know. Right. Um, because, you know, may, maybe they might lose their faith with that. But uh, but there's a lot of other places, too, where there's not that hostility. Um, and there's there's an encouragement. And maybe it's not being vocalized pu- publicly because they can't, but 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 it is non-verbally being, being supported. And, and uh, you know, so parents are the primary educators of their children. And they can choose which, whatever they want, whatever resources they want to help them. They're mm-hmm. the ones that are in the driver's seat. And they've got uh, really three, three options. The public schools help them with that. They've got the Catholic schools to help them with that. Or if they want to just take on that responsibility fully as, as the church teaches and be, and be, and be the, uh, the main teacher in the home. Right. Which is what, what they, they're called to do in the catechism is to be the primary educators of their children in the ways of faith. And you look at, too, at just, uh, um, just history, parents have always been the primary educators of their faith. Um, and just with really the development of, of just civilization and economies and learning all these different technical skills and whatnot, schools have become what they are because parents couldn't teach them all those things. Right. And, and so that's how these became available to help parents to teach the kids to survive in a new world with all kinds of new technologies. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's important to encourage parents, too, who don't feel like maybe they're catechized themselves very well, that it's okay to learn together. Yes. Why not? Well, that's what we do. And for, for <clears throat> here, we have public, public school children, and they come. We have a family of faith where the parents, we stress that they're the primary educators in the faith. And so they sit down with the kids, and they, they teach them on things. And then they come here once a month, and we teach the parents, and then, then, the, and then we have teachers that teach the kids, too. We give them lessons to really focus on throughout that week to, mm-hmm. to learn together. And that's really what happens, is that they, they learn together in a... Which, in some ways, could actually be better than the Catholic schools, because parents will say, oh, this is my Catholic, Catholic schools, we want to talk about the faith. They'll take, they'll they'll take, take care, care of it. it. <laughs> that's the wrong approach. That's Absolutely. a very wrong approach. Um, I'd, I'd rather have someone who's a public school parent... And they're and they're involved with teaching their yeah. kids the faith, and and, and that's that's way better than just saying, "Well, the teachers will take care of it." I'll tell them to help the Catholic school. Yeah, a lot of parents, when I had made the decision when Celia was a junior to move her to public school, you know, some of my friends were like, "Oh, but what are you going to do about her Catholic faith?" And you know, she's going to fall away from the faith. And I said, "Her grandmother lives with us, and she runs a Catholic bookstore." I'm the programming director for a Catholic radio station. I think Catholic is well in. 
twined into our home. <laughs> yes. That's the way it should be. Most definitely. So, and I, I've seen her working at, at different <laughs> events for Real Presence Radio, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she has. So she's very, very well entwined. <laughs> so it, it is. It all starts at home. So a good reminder that we need to keep up our education yeah. and continue to learn. You know, I, I didn't have a Catholic school education myself, right. but what I did be educated is my dad always made sure we went to Mass every single Sunday. My mom wasn't Catholic, but my dad was, and he never, ever missed a Sunday Mass. We always went. And so as a kid, that told me, that's the most important thing of all. Even if there's a football game going on, even if it's a playoff game, even if we want to, we're out hunting and the geese are coming in, the lightning, we're getting all kinds of great shots because we did that mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. We go hunting early. We, we left no matter what happened, and we went to Mass. No matter where we were traveling, we always went to Mass. My dad was a Vietnam vet, and he knew the value of life, and, uh, and he knew the importance of, of life. And so uh, he, that this life is not forever, and there's an, there's an eternity that waits. And so we have to give God his due in this life that's the most important part and so that, that taught me even I was around other cultures people where they weren't as necessarily as, as Catholic in the school system mm-hmm. but my parents taught me that my dad taught me that and my, and my mother did too my mother actually became Catholic I got I got a confirmer a Catholic did later, you on really? in, later on in life yeah beautiful was, what, what a, as a priest is a wonderful gift yeah, absolutely so one last question before we have to go to break so you have a twin brother that's correct and you're both redheads yeah, well, yeah, I like strawberry blonde. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> so I always envision you two as being uh, rabble-rousers as little seven-year-old boys. No, not at all. I don't believe you. Look at that. <laughs> no, we were, we were nicknamed Double Trouble. <laughs> we so. get on the school bus to go to school in the morning. Here's Double Trouble. <laughs> the teachers were all, oh, my goodness. Here come the Hagerty boys. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, we actually made religious education teachers retire. Did after you? After they had our class. Now, it wasn't just us, but we had, we had cousins and friends and stuff, and we were pretty rambunctious. And the teacher said, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> and they quit. They literally quit. There's a couple that did that different years. So I'm bringing this up as hope for all of those mothers who have rambunctious little boys. That's they could right. become a priest someday. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> they, they didn't give up on us. That's the key thing. Don't give up on them. Keep praying. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone Amen. wants to be loved. Amen. Well, that ends it for our little banter today. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have Colleen Davis on. She is talking about St. Lambert's Catholic School, so we're excited to have her on. And then we're going to have the principal from Duluth, um, from Stella Maris Academy. And then we will be talking to a homeschool mother. So I'm really excited about that. So folks, stay right there. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. See you.